you like Grant Fisher, I told him I'd give this shout out, but he just came out with a new podcast called The Half Step Pod. He's doing it with a former teammate of his, Connor Lane, and a really good listen behind the scenes action of what it's like to be a professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the House Step Pod. My name is Connor Lane, and across from me, my co-host, Grant Fisher. Grant, been a minute. It has been a minute, man. Um, yeah, good good talking to you over, over Zoom again. Usually, we just chat on the phone these days, so um, getting things rolling again. That's true. That's true. I think, look, there's a lot that's happened this past week. There's a lot that's happened in the last few months since we last recorded an episode, and I think the first thing that we both need to do, um, and I feel very privileged in even saying this because people were listening to us uh, when we stopped back in August, is simply to apologize to, to everyone for kind of dropping off the grid there a little bit. Um, you know, it, there's not much of an excuse that I think we can offer for, for why the timeline was, was so spread out from then till now. I will say... That you know, pre happened, and then you went overseas. You were in Switzerland. It was, it was, it was time to end the season after that thing. I remember you were climbing Matterhorn. I think that was the first week we were trying to do something. The second week, I think I had like a big project due for uh, my summer internship. I think week three, you were off in the woods somewhere on vacation, and all of a sudden, it's like two, three months down the line, and we still hadn't, we still hadn't recorded enough. And then we were like, you know what? We should go back in and record enough, saying that hey, this is the end of this little block, and we. It was the fall and we didn't have all of a sudden basically we're here now it's february and uh we've been we've been hungering to bring it back i think is fair to say yeah i, I guess moral of the story is is the old podcast is back um yeah i kind of went vacation mode after the season i was pretty tired and uh you know bouncing around from various places seeing my friends seeing my family and um happy to be back chatting and uh it was kind of cool i didn't realize how many people were listening to this thing until we stopped <laughs> and then tough like, to find out that way been? tough tough like, for everyone to be like <laughs> yeah hey uh you guys aren't doing this right now what what the heck are you planning on bringing it back we got a bunch of dms um, i'm sure you did on your personal one as well just you know people were so respectful we're like hey are you guys planning on bringing back any any new episodes i've been listening to the old ones a lot i was, was very appreciative of that um, and yeah, like you said, focusing on the present and the future, we are, we are bringing it back the half step podcast and we've got a couple big changes, but, uh, yeah, we're definitely, definitely wanting to apologize off the top and say that no matter what, we will not be disappearing like that again. You'll at least, you'll at least know, uh, what the trajectory and the plan is. We, we do plan on, on doing these once a week again. And, uh, maybe some of you are already aware of this because you're watching on the platform, but We've got a couple big changes that we're going to try to implement as well, including starting a YouTube channel, uh, which is really just our talking heads during the podcast recording. But if you want to see Grant's beautiful new haircut, uh, all short on the sides and a little long on top that he used to power his way to a new PR this weekend um, or the hats on the wall behind me, you're welcome to check it out. Half Step Pod uh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um an exciting new step in our uh, legitimization of this podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, we kind of hacked our way through the first season, so hopefully it's a little more, uh, I guess, professional, professionally done uh, this season. So excited to uh, to share some some stuff. Um, hopefully, fill you guys in on what's been going on the past uh, couple months and um, kind of share some stuff going forward. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and when we say professionalization, it's still just us in two rooms talking. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're always open to, to feedback if, if this doesn't work for people for some reason. If, if files are off, it's always we're always, always down to hear what, what people are saying or uh, help us correct any flaws because this is going to be a learning process for both of us. I mean, I guess this is on the audio recording no matter what now, Grant, but there's a chance this doesn't make it to YouTube. I don't know. I mean, there, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of steps in between then and now to get it there and and we'll, we'll see if it even does that. But yeah, so if it does make it there, feel free to check it out. Uh, obviously, we'll still be coming to you on your podcast platforms. So yeah, I uh, wanted to open that up with, with, with the apology, with the commitment to, to once a week. We're going to be picking a day and trying to stick to it uh, on that week. We'll see. 
what happens, but that's the plan. And that's kind of all uh, for the beginning. Is there anything that I'm forgetting that, that we got to address? Uh, no, man, that's about it. Um, yeah, hopefully have some uh, consistent talks and maybe have some, some special guests on. I know last, I guess, season uh, we had Mo on, which was a great, great conversation. We had Julia Haymack on, great conversation. So um, hopefully we can get some more people. So if there's anyone that you guys want to hear from, um, I, I'm teammates with some pretty good people, so interesting people so, too. So, uh, just so just Woody's going to listen to this, and we should probably bring up that he was on the <laughs> podcast as well. Um, yeah, yeah I, that, I intentionally that, left him off so that <laughs> <laughs> just to slight his feel spited. But uh, exactly, what, what <laughs> podcast? I don't even. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, true, you know, true. check out Price of Mile, of course, dropping new apps daily. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> so definitely something to check out there, but. Without further ado, Grant, we should we should probably transition to uh, the big reason I think most people are tuning in. Definitely the the title of this of this video of this podcast form, uh, which is a race that you did in Boston this past week. Uh, I will say, caveat, just off the top, we talked about bringing this back before that race. So I don't I don't want anyone to sit here and be like, oh, like now you're bringing it back. Although it is pretty convenient timing, um, Grant. Just for everyone who doesn't know. Uh, you went down from altitude camp in Flagstaff uh, to Boston uh, at the Valentine Invite, and you opened up your season with a 5K that you ran in 12 minutes and 53 seconds, which uh, is the new American record for the indoor 5K. It is barely second all-time, uh, indoor or outdoor, right behind Bernard Lagat's time uh, from, I think, Monaco in 2011, which is notoriously like the fastest place in the world. Uh, you were a tenth of a second off of that. It was 1253.73, I think. Uh, your splits from that race, which we're going to talk about in much greater detail, were 412, 412, I think 358, and then, or, you know, maybe four and then the 200 or whatever, somewhere around 358 for that last mile. Uh, won the race, obviously, because that's an insane time. You led two of your other teammates to also breaking 13, Mohamed and Mark Scott. Um, it was a great meet for Bowerman overall, obviously, at least set the set the women's American record at 1433 um, in their 5K the night before. But focusing on you and your race for a second, it's it's a phenomenal breakthrough. And just before we talk about maybe pre-race or, or how everything had been going, how has this been for you the last couple of days since, since this huge breakthrough PR? Did you feel like you were ready for it? And kind of talk me through those feelings, maybe wherever you want to start from, during the race, after the race, when it hit you, if it's hit you, all of that. It's the floor is yours, truly. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think I'll just start with how I'm feeling now, because um, we'll probably go back and, and go go straight through the race and pre-race and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man, I'm still kind of on cloud nine. It's kind of a surreal feeling, um, like looking back and thinking that all that even happened this weekend. Um, the support that I've gotten, like messages from people that I haven't spoken with in years or just random people on the internet have been... Uh, it's really it's a really cool feeling um you know i remember like when i was young and watching professional runners and being inspired by the things that they were doing and to hear people saying those same things to me now it's it's a really really cool feeling so um yeah i've been trying to soak it all in you know this is um that w it was an incredible weekend for for my team and myself um i know there's still a lot of work to do and there's a long season ahead but I'm trying to balance just like being excited and happy and, you know, reflective and um, keeping my eyes up because there, there are certainly more races this, uh, this year and um, things ahead. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's been cool. I mean, I'm still kind of in disbelief, but um, I'm pretty sure it happened. <laughs> I mean, we'll measure the track to make sure, but obviously, no, obviously enough yeah. fast times, <laughs> enough quality races have happened at BU by now that, you know, it's, it's known for being fast. It's also known for being 200 meters around. So, uh, I mean, there's just, that's where Galen ran 1301, which was the old American record. I should say that beat the American record by eight seconds, uh, over 5,000 meters, which is a large margin. Uh, I, you know, we were talking going into race week on the phone a little bit about how, you know, Milrose had been the previous week. People were running fast. I know on running had like a really breakthrough meet earlier on in the season and uh you were kind of maybe getting a little bit antsy to race up in flagstaff so 
you know, talk us through, I guess, just opening up like this decision that it was going to be at Valentine, it was going to be a five and kind of waiting a little bit and maybe hitting indoor more sparsely compared to other teams uh, or other guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so at the beginning of January, I think January 3rd, we went up to Flagstaff, Arizona uh, for an altitude camp, and we've been up here ever since. Um, and I'm currently in Flagstaff, and we'll, we'll stay here for the rest of the month. Um, and when you go to altitude, you kind of want to stay up in elevation for the first three to four weeks and not drop down to race just because that's kind of when your body does most of its adaptations and gets more red blood cells and that, you know, you gain the purpose of being at altitude. So you don't want to drop down early. And unfortunately some of those meets were early. Milrose fell like a little bit too early um, based on the timing of our altitude stint and uh, some other fast races were just a little early. So um, unfortunately didn't do those. We were, um, we were contemplating doing a mile, almost all of the, the guys on the Bowerman team down in Albuquerque, um, right at the end of January, early February, but um, ended up not doing that um, and just been training. Um, and we have targeted this BU race for quite a while. Um, Jerry first spoke to me about it in, I think, November, about going to BU this weekend and uh, trying to do something special. Um, so we've had our sights on this one for quite a while. Um, even though it was a, our season open, opener for pretty much everybody, um, obviously we've been training very hard. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the pro schedule can look kind of weird if you're in high school or in college, but um, you can sharpen up pretty well in the training and stuff. Um, obviously not as well as racing, but um, you can sharpen up pretty well. So this was a, a very intentional weekend to target. Um, and, uh, for various reasons, for various people, uh, we had, uh, a lot of people looking at it. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, going off what you're saying about how the racing schedule might look a little bit different, this was definitely not your conventional rust buster, uh, by <laughs> any means. So yeah, like talk about, there is there is preparation going into this race, whether you'd say it out loud or not, that you were targeting this American record, you know, like 13 um, and, and dipping under, which you did significantly. Um, is that is there like a dichotomy there at all in your mind knowing, OK, but this is also my first race in, you know, X number of months and uh, or do does the work that you're doing in Flagstaff and those workouts, does that have you completely set? Like, I know I can handle race pace and actually being in this race uh, at the high level I need to. Yeah, it's, um, it, it took me a little while as a professional to get used to the new schedule because yeah, when you're in high school, when you're in college, you're racing every other weekend and building confidence and, um, you know, you, you know what kind of shape you're in. Um, you can put a number to your fitness very easily because you have all of these data points. But as a professional, um, like leading into this race, I knew I was fit. I knew I was in shape, but it's so hard to say, oh, I'm in 1310 shape or like I'm in 13 flat shape. Like it's very hard to pin a number on it. So um, it took me, you know, my first year and a half as a pro to really wrap my head around the idea of, um, building your fitness off of things that aren't just the races. Um, you know, you know, building confidence off of training and hitting certain splits and workouts and just a general feeling on runs. And, um, you know, you, you can't really derive your confidence at, from racing as much as a pro, uh, as you might in high school or college. So, um, some adaptations mentally have to be made and, um, you know, our, our main, I guess source of confidence is that, you know, we're all training with world-class guys. Um, we have a great coach and, um, some of these workouts we've been doing have been pretty spicy. So, um, that, that definitely gets you excited, uh, for, for stuff coming. But like you said, I mean, I was getting antsy watching all these, these indoor races going on. People have been smashing some pretty nice times. So, um, you know, kind of waiting your turn can, uh, can get you a little stir crazy, but, uh, I, I mean, we were ready to go when, uh, when it was time. Yeah. And so, 
you know, with that in mind, like walk me through being in Boston, um, warming up. I mean, it's, it's an evening, it's a night race for you. Uh, walk me through the day. Did you feel like you were ready to run 1253? Did, did, did something like that? <laughs> or was that even in the mind? Was it more just, Hey, I'm feeling good. Let's go. Or like, like where, where is your head at? And walk me through everything, you know, pre-race and then even going into the race if you want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we've, um, like I said, like we had, uh, we, we've been at training camp and we've all had great training an awesome training block as a whole. Um, all of the guys have been, you know, firing on all cylinders. Like we, we've been relatively healthy as a group and, um, we, we kind of knew everyone was ready. Um, there were a large chunk of guys going into this race targeting the world standard, which is 1313.5. Um, and so we wanted to go into this race and check that box for sure. Um, so in order to do that, that's, that's not like fall fitness. You need to be, um, you need to be hitting the track every once in a while to, to get into that kind of shape. So, um, yeah, we, we all had confidence in our fitness and, um, got out to Boston two days before the race and, um, did our pre-meet at Harvard, um, at the Harvard indoor track because the, uh, the BU track was currently there. People were racing on it. The women's race was the day before the men's race. So couldn't get on the BU track, but, um, you know, usually when you come straight down from altitude, you sometimes feel good. Sometimes you feel bad. Um, it's, it's hard to conclude anything based on how you feel on pre-meet. Um, but this pre-meet I felt really good. Um, so that, that was, that was a confidence booster for sure. Um, hit a few strides on, on the 200 track, which we hadn't been on, um, this year so far. So getting used to that bank and used to those curves. Um, I fell off an indoor track in high school, <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I was staying off the rail. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think everyone was, was feeling confident, um, at Harvard that day. And, you know, you have your, your last kind of discussion with Jerry, our coach and, um, kind of go over the race plan and uh then all then it's just a waiting game um we didn't race until i think 8 or 9 p.m on saturday so you have that whole night friday and then the whole day saturday to just be there with your thoughts so um yeah it's just just a, a game of patience from there yeah i mean it's, it's interesting because it is a, it is an opener you know, there's lofty goals this year, um, you know, the U.S. trials and then Worlds are in Eugene. Um, obviously, that's the target of any given year where there's a Worlds or an Olympics. And at the same time, you talk about how since Thanksgiving, basically, y'all have had this circle on the calendar as an opener. And also with the way it works, especially with Bowerman guys, it seems like one of the real opportunities to run fast. And there aren't that many where you're going to come down from altitude, you know, like make that sacrifice, uh, of the gap in maybe like staying up there with the blood cells and everything to go race fast. So in a way there is still a lot of pressure on it going into this race. Did you, did you feel that pressure at all? And, um, if you didn't like, how were you able to put yourself in that space? I guess where maybe you're not thinking about this potential American record or, or, if it's going to happen tonight or, or that kind of thing, like where, where was your head at with that? Cause obviously you guys have been preparing for this race and it is an opener and maybe you can like chill by thinking about it that way. But it also is like maybe your only opportunity in indoor, I assume to really like rip. And then I don't know what your outdoor schedule looks like yet, but a lot of them are races more than they are like these time trial things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so everyone on, on our team kind of went into the race with a different purpose. Um, like I said, some guys were looking for, or most of the guys were looking for the world championship standard. And that's why we split into two heats. Um, one paced essentially to like mid 13 teens. And then with the, the, the guys in that will have the ability to kick off of it and then dip under the standard ideally. Um, and then there was another heat where uh, the one that I was in, uh, where we really wanted to rip it and, um, go after a fast time and, guys were going back and forth, like thinking about which one you want to go in, because there is some risk when the pace is a little hotter that, you know, things don't, or you just don't have a good day. And maybe you fade to 13, 14, 
and you know you don't check the box of getting the standard so um a little bit of risk involved with with um chasing a fast time and um luckily for me i already had the world championship standard um from this past summer that the time i ran was uh in window for the world championships so i had the standard um basically i felt like i i had not that much to lose by going after a fast time um if i went after it and tried to go after the american record and i blew up and ran 15 minutes like it really didn't matter uh, obviously it'd be a little embarrassing but i ultimately i i i was willing to take the risk because there really wasn't much much to risk um and i think mo felt the same way he uh you know, he, he also had the standard, so he felt comfortable ripping it and risking blowing up. Um, and Mark, I think was, was very confident in his fitness. So he wanted to be in that heat too. So, um, yeah, I, I knew that the pace would be hot and I knew the purpose of the race was to try to break the American record. Um, and I don't think Jerry and I completely spoke about it explicitly, but um we were talking about about the race the day before and he he said something like hey i i think you're ready to do something really special tomorrow um and obviously you have to do it but i i think that you're very capable of doing something special um and so in jerry talk that means like you're you're going after the american record tomorrow and i i think you can do it so um, de definitely a, a shot of confidence, like from, from your coach who has coached several medalists, you know, national record holders, um, and he knows you so guys well. in the past. So, so it's not, like, yeah, yeah. And, like and I think we, we know each other quite well now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't toss around stuff like that very often. So, um, well, it's funny. Just that, that was um, a, a little experience. anecdote. A little anecdote going off of that is I was talking to Josh, I think it might've been over christmas break like right before you guys went up to altitude or it could have been in early january josh schumacher uh jerry's son who's on the team with me right now your ex-teammate um and he just brought up one day randomly while we were on a run he was like dude um like grant's grant's in like pretty good shape and it's i think he's gonna have a good year and that like i think he'd heard that probably from his dad but it's, it's the same type of thing where like we never talk about guys like that i it just like even like that like super like low-key little bit you know like, like grant's pretty fit right now like, like hearing like hearing that coming out of training camp um externally like even if it sounds just so like tame it in my head i was like oh he's he's about to have like a shot at breaking 13 or something like when, whenever whenever he gets to actually race if i'm hearing that grant's looking fit because i remember before Mo ran um like 12 47 over like the covid break he said the same thing about mo he was like yeah, like that's is like Mo is like really cooking right now, and um, it's I heard that about you in January. I was like, okay, well if he's staying healthy for the next month or so, this is gonna be really big. The only other thing that he mentioned about camp was he said also like apparently Elise is like really fit right now too, and obviously we saw on the women's side hers at the AR as well. So um, yeah, it was it's it does sound super muted, which I think makes it even more hype um when it's coming out of it just that you have an opportunity to do something um but yeah that was that was my little anecdote from josh my little background info going into this one when uh when we talked and you were like yeah get around my pr and i was in my head like this dude is preparing to to run something pretty big if things go well <laughs> i uh i wonder so jt took you guys out for how long like a little over a mile or was it closer to 3k i forget how the pacing went yeah, so um, the the pacing was JT for I think two K, um, and then Zuhair Talbi took us to three K. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess before I get into the race, big thank you to those two guys. Um, they set up a, a perfect race for all of us and led so many people to PRs and national records. And um, you know, pacing is a pretty selfless job, and. Uh, uh, I think we all appreciate them. I, I enjoyed talking to, to Zohair after I'd never met him before, but um, yeah, definitely big shout out to those guys. They made that race happen. I so. think he follows the um, pod. So if he's listening to this shout out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the, the plan was JT was going to take us out. Um, the assigned pace was about 62.5, um, which is almost exactly the American record, um, which was 1301.26, I think, or something like that. Um, the night before the race, I watched uh, the YouTube video of Galen when he set the record, um, I guess, what, seven, eight years ago? Um, at BU and um, like looked up his splits like I knew his splits I I knew what we were going to like be attempting basically Um, and uh, I I honestly thought it was going to be close I I thought on the day I could have run but before the race I would have predicted that I could run somewhere between 13 flat and 1301 Um, so I thought if everything went perfect that I could break the record yeah well, I didn't want to be like, oh man, like, cause, I mean, I, I, I've never broken thirteen before, like, and and that's a massive barrier. So I wasn't gonna be like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna smash this thing, like, that that's not my personality, and that's also just not how I like to approach races. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, you're operating on on very thin margins, so I knew a lot of things needed. Kind to do, of, right? and um, you look at the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was kind of inspired by watching Galen run and, you know, seeing him clip off the splits and go to the front and do a lot of it solo and, uh, you know, seeing the BU track and crowd, you know, light up. Um, it, it got me pretty excited. So um, when I when I heard the pace was going to be essentially the exact same pace that he ran, I was like, all right, I you know, it's starting to set in. Like, we're going to go for it and um, hopefully it works out. <laughs> That, that's awesome. The, the the thing I was getting to with talking about JT pacing and then Zohar is like, you know, you talked about how it was going to be hot from the start and it is, you know, by any, it's 412 miles basically for the first two miles, right? You're running 824, I think through the first like 3,200. Like it is just objectively super fast. Um, that's an 824, 3,200. Yeah. I mean, it, it's getting down to ridiculous numbers already, but obviously you close and 358 uh which just gonna throw out here at the 27 minute mark of this of this video i'm pretty sure is a mile pr oh uh, i know we like to keep saying that but or it maybe is, yeah. you've run that faster is a, split I, that's miles, a converted mile pr yeah faster than your faster than whatever tfers would have it as um for sure so congratulations on the double pr um thank you uh, it, it's that's a significant jump from 412 pace. Obviously, you've got to close in, in these types of races, and as professionals, like that's that's something you set yourself up to do. You know, you're not often fading into a PR. But like, I mean, not not going to go straight to. You could have gone faster in the first mile, maybe even. But it, did you? You know, you come through. I guess take it from where you want to. But you come through two miles in 824. Are you even aware of that split? And then what kind of starts happening? Because pretty much immediately after that, you go around the leader and you start, I mean, really ratcheting it. So take me through kind of that transition where it really becomes your race. And it really, it goes from being like, maybe he'll break 13 to us in our dorm room being like, he's going to run 1255. What the hell? (laughs) And then even faster. Um, Yeah. So uh, I guess backing up to right before the race, right before the race, Jerry pulled me aside. And uh, the last thing he said to me was, um, the pace is going to be hot. Um, be in the pack. Don't waste too much energy. And then at some point, you're going to have to take over the race. And I'll leave that time up to you, like when you decide to do that. But at some point, you're going to have to push it. And you're going to have to go. At, at, and essentially, when you go, make sure that you have nothing left at the end. <laughs> so... Um, so I, I was prepared going into the race, stepping on the line, like at some point I need to take over this race. Um, and you know, that, that's kind of a daunting idea when you're lining up next to the reigning Olympic silver medalist in, in the event that you're running. So, um, just tried to, to wipe my mind, stay calm. And, um, um, you know, the, the night before the race, I know I keep jumping back and forth in, in, in the timeline, but the night before the race, I was mapping out a race plan in my head and was kind of like breaking it into three parts. The, the first part being 
get out nicely, um, be near the front. Um, the second part was once you're there, sit in the pack, uh, do not waste any extra energy. And then part three was, um, push to the finish basically. So a pretty simple race plan, but, um, yeah, the race got out well. I got in a great spot. I was really happy with it. Um, and then you just tuck in and ride the train, um, try to clear your mind, uh, because thoughts come creeping in, especially when you get 200 meter splits uh, and you're like, oh, you hear 31 point. You're like, you know, that, that's, that's pretty fast. Um, and you, you definitely ridiculous. get the thoughts of, can I, can I hold this? Um, like, am I being smart? Like, am I in over my head? Um, so trying to quiet those voices and, and just, um, execute that, that middle part of the race plan, which was sit and wait. Um, the pacers again, were doing a great job. So my, my job there was easy. Just get in line and, uh, and wait. And then it was time. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So, so going, stepping on the line, I didn't know when I was going to go to the front. Um, I felt like I would know when it was time. Um, and the, the, so the last Pacers O'Hare dropped off after three K. Um, and then I was in second place. I was behind Sam Atkin. Um, and he led for maybe a little over uh, 400 meters. Maybe I can't really remember. Um, and I kept the pace pretty nice. And, um, on the back stretch of one of the laps that he was ahead, he, waved to me with his outside arm. I guess you can't see it in the camera, but he kind of gives, gives me one of these. Um, like, hey, come, the, come help YouTube, the pace. Come to the YouTube channel yeah. and check out yeah, these come, hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, all right, come, come help me with the pace. And um, that's when I knew, like, this was it. This was the, the long push. Um, and so I um, waited for him to, to step outside and you know, it's kind of like the, the sea, the sea is parting. Um, you know, the guy in front of you steps to the side and all you have is open track ahead. Um, and I knew the pace we were running. We were in like the mid 13 minute pace. We were probably in like 1305 ish pace at that time. And so I was like, okay, it's, um, it's time to go and it's time to push. And I've got a long way to the finish, but, um, I need to allocate my energy so that I can maintain a really strong pace, but, um, not have anything left at the end. So, um, honestly, I, from there on, like the, the feelings and, and the things I was noticing kind of all faded away. Um, it was like, it was weird. It was like being in almost like a trance. Um, I, I think it was probably just being tired and in pain, but also just like I, I had prepared for that moment and um, I knew what I needed to do. I had already decided what I was going to do. So there was no decision to make. There was no thinking even involved. Um, it was go to the front and, and push. And um, yeah, I started squeezing down and I, I stopped hearing splits. I, I think... My coaches stopped telling me the splits, um, but I, I heard one that you, it was. You like, would have been hearing know. twenty-nine point. Yeah, so I didn't know I was running twenty-nine point. Um, honestly, if I had heard that I was running twenty-nine point, I probably would have tensed up a bit. Um, <laughs> and I had no regard really for what was going on behind me. Um, I knew there were very good guys behind me, and I knew that if I tied up and those guys went around me and that's fine. Um, all I knew was I wanted to control what I was doing and, and just leave it all out there. Um, and so, yeah, I kept squeezing and I could hear like the muffled noise of the crowd just getting louder and louder. And my teammates were on the infield and, you know, it was, it, it was like when you're in, you're in one room of a house and someone's playing loud music in another room. And so you can hear it, but it's kind of like muffled like that, that that's how mm. everything felt like, even like my vision felt that way too. Like everything was just kind of muffled. And um, yeah, I had like my coaches in my face screaming at me and my teammates screaming at me. And um, again, I had no idea what was going on behind me, but that, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was 
just going. And um, at one point I, I looked up at the clock. Um, you know, the clock was at the finish line. And so I guess with 50 minutes, or sorry, 50 meters to the end of the lap. Um, so this, this was probably like 800 out um, from the finish. And I saw the clock and I did some quick math and I was like, you were oh under. shit, like I'm, I'm under 13 minute pace right now. Um, and I ran another lap and I was like, I'm well under 13 minute pace. Like if I don't, as long as I don't royally blow up here, I think I have the record. Um, and so, yeah, just, just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And, um, yeah, I just felt like the energy of everyone around me and, and then all of a sudden it was over. Um, and the feeling crossing the finish line was, was wild. Um, just feelings of like excitement and relief and happiness and, um, pride. Uh, and after I crossed the finish line, all my teammates came over and mobbed me. And I looked up at the scoreboard and saw that Mo had gone under 13 and broken his Canadian record. Mark had gone under 13 and broken his British record. Um, in the heat before Kieran had broken, uh, his own tie record. Um, it was, it was wild. I mean, it's just such a crazy team weekend to be a part of. Um, every single Bowerman guy walked away with the world standard in whichever event they did 15, 3k or 5k. And, um, man, to share that with, with my, my boys, like share that with my coaches. It was, it was really special. Yeah. I mean, God, there's not much to add to all of that. Um, it was, <laughs> it was awesome seeing all the guys immediately afterwards, like you three. And then the guys in the previous heat who had hit the standard and then just everyone who was there, uh, crowding out it. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching Galen's AR. I don't know. I don't think I saw it live, but I remember like that video and it's electric and yeah, it was wild to, to think of you being in that same situation and, you know, I mean, it's super special, but also like, like you're saying, like getting these messages and hearing people talk about what it means to them to see like they are like, it, it's cool, like knowing that you were able to contribute to kind of that overall big shift, you know, all of these guys under 13 and, and you taking a good chunk off of the American record. Um, it, that's special, man. It's not it's not something that happens too often. You know, I don't know if you're going to be PRing by like 11 <laughs> seconds again, uh, in the five, it'd be, it'd be sick if you did, but you know, we're getting down to not so much room, which is, which is awesome. Uh, going back quickly for a sec, we, we kind of picked it up from three K right. Where you, where you notice, okay, you know, I'm, I've got a chance now to start leading like around maybe 3,400 or whatever. You're already at like eight twenty four through 3,200. So we talked, you know, even in, in, in your talking about it just now, you're really talking about it from the perspective of someone who's moving forward, you know, who's ready to attack. What were you feeling physically, though? Like, how tired were you? Were you even noticing that? Or was it really just, like, were you still, and comfortable is the wrong word for time trial races for two miles into a 5K, no matter what, it's the wrong word. But were you, like, how in control were you at that point? Did you ever feel like you lost control, you know, or like, were really, I mean, obviously you're finishing dead. But were you was blowing up like a serious thing at all? You know, did you feel like you maybe had you hit two miles and you were like, I'm still pretty freaking smooth right now? Or, or where were you? Where were you at with that? Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever run a 5K where I'm like, man, this feels so easy. <laughs> like they, they always hurt. Um, yeah. This one, I, I did feel really nice rhythm running like 62 point um, for the quarters. So I knew like. When, when I get into rhythms like that, um, I know that's a really good sign um, because in 5Ks, I've been in several 5Ks or any race where you feel like you're reaching um, early and that's never a good feeling mm. because you know what that means. Like that, that means it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a suffer fest. So um, this one, I felt the rhythm and um, that, that let me know like I think it's going to be a good day. Um, and, you know, once I went to the front, it, it, you know, I, I was running quicker than I expected, but 
and it hurt, but it still felt like I, I had found the sweet spot. Like, um, I'd found the sweet spot where if I went a little quicker, then that was way too much. I would tie up, but if I went a little slower, I might have too much at the end and, you know, walk across the line and feel like, oh man, like I, I could have given more earlier and, and maybe done better. Um, I'd felt like I'd found that, that, that zone where I, I had like the perfect effort to get me to exactly 5k and not a step further, <laughs> uh, or a step shorter. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean the, the pace was decently even once I went to the front. Um, but my effort and focus was increasing like every hundred essentially. So in order to keep that pace, like, uh, I had to consciously tell myself like, okay, go again. Um, you know, hit it again, hit it again. Um, and every time like that got a little harder because, you know, the burn was just a little stronger and, um, you know, the fatigue was just a little greater. So, um, even when I was running, yeah, decently even splits, like your body doesn't feel great. Um, it feels like you're pushing right against the wall and, uh, yeah, it was, um, I mean, that race went about as well as I could have asked. Um, so I, I'm obviously very happy with it, but yeah, uh, I guess to answer your question, I felt very good rhythm early on. And then I felt like I had found the sweet spot once I was in the front. Yeah, I guess it is more contextualizing it as rhythm than like feeling good or bad. Cause there's just the known factor that doesn't feel good. It's not like, yeah, yeah. okay, I'm going through two miles <laughs> yeah. and just feeling like, yeah, like it's, and that totally makes sense. I, okay. The only, the only bone I have to pick when you talk about evenly paced effort through 5k, not a step more 412, 412, 358. What do we, what do we think? What do we, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's not, there's not a second somewhere. Remember this is, this maybe. is for content. We're on internet. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We're on, maybe. We're on, Maybe there's extra time in there, but I think the way my mentality was going in and, you know, maybe going forward, I'll be more aggressive in early races like that. But for this one, um, like I said, you know, I didn't think I was going to run 1253 going into this thing. So mm -hmm. it would have been a little reckless to say, okay, yeah, let's come through in 745 or 742 and then you know, try to even split this for thing. 3K. Yeah. 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 Sorry yeah. for three K. Um, it's okay. e yeah. Even splitting for my first time running that fast, I don't think is the right way to do it. Um, negative splitting where you have the momentum on the second half and you can feel like yourself being pulled along and you gain confidence by, you know, going a little quicker rather than getting to halfway and being like, Oh man, I'm toast. Like, it's just a little riskier going that way. So, um, who knows, man? I mean, maybe if I would have gone out quicker, I would have tied up. Um, I know like it's easy to play the game of like, oh man, you closed in hypothetically, like you closed in 26 seconds for your last 200 or you closed in 54 seconds for your last 400 in some race. Like if you had pushed earlier on, could you have run faster? Um, I don't think necessarily that's always true. Um, sometimes negative splitting is like the best way to run fast. I think, um, this, this race gives me the confidence to maybe be, yeah, a little more ambitious over the first half of a race going forward. But I, I think for that, that day, I think that's all I had in me. <laughs> I, I don't think going quicker over the first half would have been a good idea. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, especially look, especially like your first time. I mean, this like you were saying, thirteen oh, low would have been a PR. So it, it it makes sense, you know, that it's that way. It makes sense that you weren't trying to come through in mid low seven forties, through three k. Uh, totally. I just I know you, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like. I mean, and, and you know, obviously, there's the thing that's always followed you throughout, like since high school, which is like, man, he looked like he could have 
done another like k <laughs> at that pace just because of like i don't know if it's just the way that your hair stands like still while you're <laughs> running or something but it's just it's just very or the smiling i mean i guess it wasn't smiling yesterday but it's happened enough times where so i feel like the general vibe is like could grant have run like 12 30 something like maybe like we don't we don't really know but no i mean more seriously for a second um as we kind of move towards what i feel like this race means for you and i mean for american distance running it i i saw mo and lopez uh you know from two different spots i guess because mo was in the race and lopez watching i saw both of them like um, among everyone else run up to you like in the immediate aftermath right of the five um, I, I think I think Lopez was talking to you, like pointing at the scoreboard a lot, or, and you know, like Mo had his arm around you. I mean, we had Mo on, uh, talked a lot about Big Blue uh, workout group from early COVID, uh, brought up a lot of stories about you getting your ass beat uh, early on, adjusting. You know, and I mean, look, like it's not like it's been the most adversity. I think you'd be the first one to talk about that, but also it's been really hard. Uh, at a lot of points along this along this journey and pro running is hard and you know from the very beginning you were around those guys uh, and they were giving it to you you know and obviously Mo Silver uh, in Tokyo not too shabby Lopez like three time Olympian right uh, phenomenal runner um, or is it four three super super accomplished dude um, both of them are you know, whenever we talked to them, whenever I got a chance to speak with them, they always talked about you as like the young pup who was like gonna like they never doubted that this type of thing was within you. Um, did you feel that post race when they're coming up to you? Like, I I want to know if you recollect anything that they were saying or the guys were saying that stuck out. And yeah, I mean, you know, like they it was almost like Mo never had a doubt that this type of thing was something in your grasp. Um, and that's not something I feel like guys like that say that often about other runners but it seemed like from the very beginning even when you were barely hanging on in their workout group um that they at least saw it in you and wanted you around uh to get beat up on in the early days so talk to me a little bit about in a way this is graduation in a way graduation <laughs> you know was fifth at the olympics in the 10k but in another way like this is like not that not that these other times other performances have been not real numbers but this is like maybe starting this trajectory into just something kind of unknown entirely. Um, so how does, how does 1253 sound in that context and talk to me about those guys and kind of that progression, I guess, to now, which has been multi-year. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my first year on the team, uh, was a bit of a struggle. I, um, came out of college in 2019 and, um, when I first came to Portland, when I first moved there, uh, two, two main guys took me under their wing, uh, Ryan Hill and Evan Jager. They were the only two guys there at the time because everyone else was on a break and they were building back up from injury. And so those two guys were kind of the first ones to take me under their wing and show me the ropes, uh, of pro running and, um, you know, introduce me to what it means to be a pro, how to operate, how to, how to, how to live, um, you know, it, it's different than college, so it's good to have mentors. Um, so it was it was fun, like seeing both of those guys after the race in Boston, um, because they were a, a big part of kind of my journey to, I guess, where I am currently. Um, and then my my next two big mentors were Mo and Lopez, who um, during. Uh, the main wave of COVID, that first wave in like March, April of 2020, um, our group fragmented and broke off into a couple workout groups. And so um, at the time, we didn't really know much about COVID. So we were being extra careful. And um, the only people I saw for like a month and a half were Mo and Lopez in, in, in a running context and an out of running context. Um, and we would work out at this track. Uh, it was a 440 yard track um, that we nicknamed Big Blue because it, it was an oversized track and it was blue, uh, very creative. Um, and uh, those guys put me through the ringer. Um, I, I won't get into it a ton now because there's so many stories, but if you guys- Yeah, we, we did cover it. Hear if those you want to listen to it, the Mo interview. For sure. Yeah, there, we have, we have an, an episode, or actually two episodes, uh, right? With, with mm -hmm. Mo. 
yep. um, where we share a bunch of those stories and kind of kind of shoot the shit about you know those times. So um, if you want to hear specifics, that, that that's a good one to listen to. But um, those guys were were beating my ass every day. Like I was getting killed. Um, we would do workouts and I would make it halfway and then blow up. I would make it three quarters of the way and then blow up. Um, I don't think I finished a single workout with them um, because I would always blow up. It was, it was a race twice a week. We would work out twice a week and I was all out racing twice a week. Um, and each time, uh, you know, the guys, Mo and Lopez, they'd give me new pointers. They'd give me new advice. They'd tell me to, to stick at it that, you know, someday this will all pay off and that, you know, someday I'll, I'll be able to do these workouts. And, um, I, I just needed to, to keep showing up and keep going. And, um, at the time Mo was coming off of a, uh, bronze medal at the world championships. Um, and later that summer after that group, uh, kind of, we kind of rejoined with the rest of the Bowerman team. Um, I helped pace Mo to, a 1247 um canadian record north american record top time all time and within the same race was also able to help uh, lopez run 1258 uh, for his first time under 13 minutes and that that was really special to me just giving back to those two guys um and really feeling a part of what they accomplished and um yeah since then uh both of those guys were olympians when i was working out with them at big blue um, now I, I have that, I guess, title now. Um, so all three of us ha- have checked that box Congrats. and, um, now all three of us have broken 13 too. So it, it's kind of cool, you know, and, and, and Mo has an additional medal now, a silver medal at the Olympics. So it's cool to see like those times where it just felt like we were in a vacuum, just the three of us. And I was getting, you know, beaten down every day and, you know, some days more discouraged than others. Some days, you know, wanting to call Jerry up and say, Hey, get me out of here. Like, take me out of this group. I can't handle it. Um, you know, those guys encouraging me and, um, their, their nickname for me was youngin. They would call me youngin, you know, like keep up youngin, you know, like stuff like that. And so they still, they still call me that now. Um, but it does feel like, um, like I've grown up a lot since then. Um, and it's cool to see, like, see myself in, in my own eyes, like at that level now. Um, and, uh, it kind of comes full circle. Like, I think those guys feel just as much part of my success as I did a part of theirs, um, that summer when, when they ran really fast. So, um, I, I look at those guys as big brothers, like, and, and I think they look at me as, as a younger brother and, um, yeah, man, it was really cool to share that moment this weekend with those two. And and the whole rest of the team. Uh, it was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, and the whole team, of course. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. No, but that that is awesome. I'm glad that you talk about it. Again, we have a bunch of big blue stories uh, from Mo's time on the podcast uh, before the Olympics, uh, before he came second in the 5K uh, in Tokyo. And, yeah, just encourage everyone to listen to that as well. Uh, are we forgetting anything, anything happened post-race, uh, besides, you know, a bunch of interviews and kind of trying to sink in that you are the number five all time performer in the 5k indoors. I don't know if you've heard that yet. Uh, it's a top five all time time, uh, in the 5k in indoors. Okay. And and that might be your first qualifier of it too, but dude, like it's getting up there. Um, which, which is really cool. Did anything happen that is podcast worthy? Uh, in the post race yeah um the the race ended kind of late um you know we were all celebrating after just on the track and then um you know was able to to talk to my coaches and our physical therapist and thank them for helping me through 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 the ups and downs um a bunch of people had had hung around the facility there weren't spectators allowed but it was such a large meet that there were plenty of athletes that had raced already that had stuck around to watch, which was really cool. And, um, got to chat with a a bunch of those guys and, um, had a cool down with, with the group. And yeah, it was weird. You know, you know, I, am obviously the same person as I was before the race. Um, 
there's just a, a new number and and title associated with me now, um, which is kind of weird to think about because um, I don't really like people looking at me different for certain things that you know are not who I am. So um, it was kind of weird, you know, jogging around like we were running through the downtown streets of Boston at 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10.15 p.m. I forget what exactly when it was cooling down and random people we passed were, you know, yelling congratulations to, to me and Mark and Mo as we were cooling down. And um, it was it was really, really cool. Like it, it did feel like and, and it seemed like everyone there felt like they were just as much a part of a record breaking performance as I was. Um, which was really, really fun. Um, but yeah, I went back to the hotel. Um, everyone showered up and our whole team went out, got some like late night, just greasy burgers. Uh, spot that Kieran knew because he went to school at Harvard, so he kind of knew the area. Um, mm. And yeah, I had like a few drinks with the guys and had a good night out um, out in Boston. It, it's Boston's a fun city, so it was, uh, it was really fun. And then... Um, yeah, back to the hotel. Didn't sleep for very long. Um, it's kind of tough to sleep after evening races, especially when you're kind of just like jazzed up and restless after. Um, and yeah, uh, especially when you set the American record, I could see being <laughs> hard going to bed. Like, yeah, I, yeah. So got maybe like two hours of sleep, amped. and then um, we had um, uh, an easy run, and then back to Flagstaff, back on the grind, back to work. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an exciting thing too. Um, we'll, we'll finish off the up talking about, I guess, like next steps, um, for you race schedule. I feel like it's probably a whole lot of just kind of focusing on the training, um, for a little bit here. Right. Or are you guys planning to hit it again in a race? Yeah. I kind of have two main options right now. Um, one is to do the U S championships in Spokane, U S indoor champs, uh, 3k in Spokane, uh, at the end of the month. The other option is to um, do a 10K in California um, the first week in March. Um, they're a week apart, and it's not super feasible to do both, unfortunately. I wish I wish it was feasible. I, I, wish, I wish the 10K were a week later so I could do both, but unfortunately, I can't control when the, the big races are. Um, I don't know, man. So, Swing that AR around and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can tell USATF to move the entire US champs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so those are the main two options. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll either be a 3k at the end of the month or a 10k first week in March. Um, so either of those are exciting. Um, definitely looking forward to them. Uh, and, um, I, I think, I think everyone on the team was still kind of reeling in the weekend, um, on like Sunday and Monday. Um, but by the time Tuesday rolled around, uh, which was yesterday uh, as the time we're recording this episode. Um, we did some like clean up 200s to just kind of get the legs back. Um, didn't feel great, but um, try to get the pop back in the legs. And I think people are already, you know, have their eyes up, eyes forward to, to the next big thing. Um, the most important part of the season is yet to come. Uh, it was a great weekend for Bowerman, a great weekend for, American distance running, uh, a lot of records were broken. Um, uh, you know, there was a great DMR out, uh, in Spokane. Um, Shane strike broke, a, a U.S. indoor record. Um, Elise broke a U.S. indoor record. Gabriella broke a North American record. Um, there was a, a cool attempt at the U.S. indoor mile record. It, it was just a great weekend and, um, we were all really happy to be a part of it, but I think anyone that raced this past weekend knows that, that the big stuff is, is looking forward. So, um, yeah, we, we've got, uh, lots to look forward to. Yeah. I'll, I'll hopefully know the race plan pretty soon. Hey, either way, we'll, we'll, you know, we're, we're going to be along for the ride, uh, with weekly episodes. That's, that's, that's the plan. Uh, also super important shout out Ella, uh, Donahue, our, our old teammate, part of that DMR, uh, with the Nike group there out in Spokane, uh, as well. The, I guess to wrap it up, man, I mean, definitely, a. I don't know about a big jump or something like that, but I think that we talked a lot about when we first started the podcast, I think that you 
admitted this as well, right? Like, because we started it about a year ago when you hit, you know, the US number two all time, I think 10K time and, and a really fast five, like kind of immediately after that. Um, or maybe I got it mixed up, honestly, at this point, it's been a year, but those were some, you know, those were some elite, elite numbers that you were throwing out there. And I feel like at the time we talked about how that kind of showed this progression that you'd had from like, Hey, I'm a really good pro to like, Hey, I'm, I may not be a guy who's like talked about as like a metal favorite or like a heavy metal contender, but you know, maybe I'm a guy who can make finals and, and be competitive at that level right can can make us teams can you know, it should be a favorite maybe on us teams that kind of thing and i feel like that was that was the level that we graduated to right last year um in the early part of last year and then you came in fifth at the olympics and i feel like it was i mean that that's there's no two ways around that one that's all of a sudden like okay this is legitimate legitimate like this person's going to be talked about objectively as as a medal contender for years to come here um, but it was one race, you know, and obviously you came back in the five, you were top 10, you know, which is still exceptional, uh, still like an awesome race. And I mean, we talked in detail about that. I encourage everyone to listen to Grant's recap of the like four day window in between the 10 and the five prep where, uh, his calf just tweaked on him and he wasn't sure if he was even gonna, gonna run at all. So being top 10 in the world in that with those, you know, with that situation for you is still remarkable, but I think what we're seeing here and what we saw this past weekend, man, is a little bit of like an affirmation that it's none of that was a joke. None of that was a fluke. And it really does feel like you're starting to put yourself in a category of like, yeah, I could be the best runner in the world on a given day uh, against anyone, not just one of the best runners in the world. We'll see. Uh, I know that's, you know, I mean, that's maybe not something where your, your head always immediately goes to, but 1253 is, there's not a lot of people, you know, at the end of the day who who are there, uh, not a lot who are there right now, uh, in February of a world champs year. And, you know, like you guys, you peaked for the Olympics last year. Uh, I have no doubt that that's where the space is. And if Jerry's got you on that plan, that all things go well, should hit pretty good. So it's exciting to see where you're at, not off of base fitness. Like we said, you've been working out pretty hard to get ready for this, but you know, it's early and, uh, being here already is a remarkable, remarkable thing, man. Uh, it was awesome to watch. Uh, and I think I echo everyone who's listening and saying like, it was, it was fantastic race. It was really something. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, one thing I do want to say before we close this thing out, um, I, I do want to say thank you to like people that have supported and sacrificed for me over the years. Um, I hope that anyone that that's even like been a training partner, been, a friend, um, been a coach or a mentor or whatever, um, feels just as part of that record that, that I do, um, as I do, because like, I mean, that feeling, I, I didn't do a great job of describing the feeling when I was kind of at the front alone. Um, but it felt like I was being pushed along or spurred along by something. And, um, you know, maybe this is me trying to be too deep with it, but it did feel like, I had the support of so many people and um, I, I hope the the people in my life are um, proud of, of what happened out there, but it, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It, it does take a circle of people and a team and um, I'm, I am thankful for the people that made that possible. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I guess thank you. Um, hopefully there, there's more exciting stuff to come. Um, but I, I hope that one uh, made people proud. That's awesome. On behalf of all of them, of course, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, uh, speaking to anyone who's listened this long and is still listening, I, I feel like you know this is going to be a pretty normal week of training before we hit it again next week. So uh, I know I am, and you as well, are super interested in any listener questions about the race, the American record, uh, going down to Boston for that. So whether it's in comments, if we end up making this a YouTube thing, uh on via email on halfsteppod at gmail.com uh, or Instagram DM. You can find us on Instagram, halfsteppod, uh, to Grant's main as well, or my main uh, on IG. We will be, yeah, we'd love to answer, I guess, more specific questions if people still have them after the race. Because um, I guess in prep for your next race, it's going to be more of a training focus and we'll have to we'll have to see some stuff to talk about. So um, yeah, just open to all questions. Again, we 
created this YouTube thing, hopefully. So if you want to see our faces, feel free to check that out. And uh, I think I think I speak for both of us in saying that we're excited to be back and doing this. Um, it's been a minute, and uh, it feels good. So, yeah. Anything else before we sign off? No, no. Yeah, just thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you didn't skip through and it was it wasn't too boring. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we'll pump another one of these things next week and uh, can give you guys some excitement. Um, yeah, just like Connor said, if you have any big questions, um, things you want us to talk about, um, anything you'd like to hear more about, um, trying to be Race an open recap book. recommendations as well. Yeah, uh, we might we might hit that. Yeah, again I mean too, any, anything we, this, we can do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I, running can, especially professional running, can be a bit of a um, a strange thing to follow just because you only see people when they race, essentially, which is rather infrequent, as we touched on earlier. So um, anything we can do to bridge the gap, you know, show you guys what's going on behind the scenes, um, you know, the, the how things are feeling in an up week and a down week, um, when training going well or poorly or when you're injured. Um, I think that's important stuff to, to share. And if people are interested in listening, um, we'll, we'll definitely uh, hit you guys with that. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to season two, man. Let's, uh, let's get this yeah. thing going. Hell yeah. Just starting it off. I think this is a good first step. Hopefully, hopefully the people enjoyed it. We will talk more about the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets next <laughs> week when we check the records on Google before we start recording. Uh, as, as for everyone else, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Half Step Podcast. Uh, we will catch you next week. Cheers, everyone. Yeah, see you guys. Bye.